0: How's it going, Chiefs Kingdom? And welcome to episode 30 of the Great British Chiefs Show with your boys from the kingdom representing the kingdom. Myself, Brad Simcox, and our headlines editor, Tom Childs. This week, Tom and I will be taking a look at the Chiefs' playoff outlook. We'll also be checking out the Arrowhead Pride Power Rankings before looking ahead to the Chiefs' Week 13 opponents, the Denver Broncos. But first.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, presenting Curly Culp for enshrinement into the Pro Football Hall of Fame, Chad Culp.
0: What did you miss most about the game of football after you retired?
1: The camaraderie, uh, the, um, the teamwork, you know, it, it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it, it's kind of hard to explain the unity that you feel in that locker room. You know, you got, you got brothers you, and you're all working for a common goal. And, and, you, and, you, and you're connected. And those experiences are with you for a lifetime.
0: Over the bye week, Chiefs Kingdom has been mourning the loss of one of its heroes, Curly Culp, after his battle against pancreatic cancer. He was 75 years old. Culp was one of nine Hall of Famers from that legendary Chiefs team that still lives strong in the memory of Chiefs fans today, young and old. Tom and I wanted to dedicate the start of the show to Curly Culp and recognize his achievements in life and to send our love and admiration to Curly Culp and his family at this very sad time. Curly will be remembered as one of the greats of the game, and it's true what they say, true legends never die. Yeah, Yeah, sad times, mate. It really is sad times. Um, You know, obviously people can't live forever, but, um, you know, it's... When you have a player like Curly Cope, you know, who was a, a big guy in, in in stature as well as as, as the size that he was, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's, it's a real shame. Um, I mean, he only just announced a few days ago, I think it was last week, that um, he was suffering from pancreatic cancer. And, um, you know, it's, it, it was a bit of a shock to everyone because it, of how sudden it was as well.
2: Yeah, for sure. Some people like to keep that sort of thing um, to themselves. and. Do yeah, rightfully so. It's, it's their business, it's not ours. Um, all I want to say is like, we aren't going to have a legacy like his. Um, a lot of people don't get an opportunity to have a legacy like his. He earned his legacy, and as you said in your brief little monologue, there that he's going to live on forever. He's he's a he's immortalized in the terms of Chiefs history. So, yeah, I'll send our thoughts obviously to his family, but um, yeah, the Curly cult legend will forever live on.
0: For sure, mate. For sure. Should we talk about some happier news? Um, Obviously, you know, um, we're talking
2: about the death of a legend there, but one of our legends here has a new life in the world. He does, yeah. Um, The the birth of a legend, so we say. Um, um, I had my third baby. I had it. Third baby, mate. He chose to give me the entirety of Thanksgiving week off. I already had. Four days off of Thanksgiving, which was great because we shut the website down basically for four days. Yeah. And then my little boy decides to come along a few days before that and give me the rest of the week off. So, um, yeah, what Very a boy. Nice. Yeah, he's here. He's, <laughs> he's healthy. Mum's healthy. I've still not gone back to work yet. I go back to work on on Monday. So I'm enjoying my time off with him. But yeah, so far, he's he's a dream. All he does is sleep. Everyone says about how newborns are hard, but we've been really lucky with our three. Um, they've popped into the world and they're already bored of their dad singing that they want to go to sleep all the time. So it's great. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the funny thing was as well, he uh, was born actually on the day, on Chiefs game day, wasn't he?
2: He was, yeah. He, he was born on the day the Chiefs played the Cowboys. and um, He was wanting to go see t-
0: that game, wasn't
2: he? It was touch and go whether I was actually going to get to watch the game or not. But um, <laughs> the the hus- because of COVID... <laughs> It got to 8 o'clock in the evening and the cast were like, right, you got to go now because of COVID. And um, I was like, oh, gutted, drove home, watched the game. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a shame. See ya. <laughs> <laughs> oh, welcome to the world. You've named him, haven't you, as well? We have. We. It was we, On the last show, I talked about um, an NFL quarterback that he was named after. Little did you know that it would be that Jets bust Zach Wilson. Yeah. <laughs> um yeah zachary uh, zachary child that's what we've named him yeah, so i've got henry really barney and zach
0: yeah i was i was uh, annoying you a little bit on the day he was born because i was i was going i was going lamar russell <laughs> 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 i just kept sending you all these names didn't i and you were like yeah, i'll tell you if you get it brad but <laughs> do you know what this
2: is it. this is a true story and it's quite funny about four weeks ago my brother was around and he said to me and amy he was like oh so if you've got a name sorted?" And I was like, yeah, we've got a name. We decided it back in July. Um, he, he, we know what it is. He goes, are you going to tell me? I was like, absolutely not, because it's only for a few weeks and I'll, you'll find out anyway. And he goes, you have to be really careful with names. He goes, you have to have someone that goes. He goes, you can't just have like Henry, Barney and Zachary, can you? <laughs> <laughs> no way. I kid you not. You I kid it. you not. And um, Amy and I's poker faces were well and truly out. I don't know how I didn't start like, bursting out laughter in front of him. But yeah, of all the names he picked, he picked the one name that we were, <laughs> we were going to use. <laughs> you've had Brilliant. a tough time of it yourself. Like, I've had it pretty easy the last couple of weeks, but you've had it bad because you've been suffering from the Rona, haven't you? I
0: have, mate. I, I got the dreaded Rona in the end after two mm-hmm. nearly two years of sidetracking it and and getting away with, you know, just, just, not being in that 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 kind of ill state, yeah. um, I suddenly got it. But I mean, I count my blessings really because it was happening during uh, a chief's bye week, okay. so <laughs> it, it didn't affect my my chief's scheduling. It didn't it didn't no. affect anything that. So at least it was a bit more. Um, no, it's a bit more thoughtful about uh, when I was going to get it, but they exactly. um, have been pretty rough, mate.
2: Pretty I just love the convenience of my baby being born at the right time. You catching COVID <laughs> at the right time. It was like, oh, the Chiefs got a bye week. What can we? What life events can we throw at Brad and Tom? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm getting out of the woods now, though. So, uh, I, I, luckily, I think. I think having both my jabs was uh, was helpful, I think, because I didn't get it as bad as I thought it was going to. I've had worse. I actually had swine flu years and years and years ago.
2: Really?
0: And that was worse than this, believe it or not.
2: Okay. So, we won't talk about vaccinations and whether people should get it or not, because uh, <laughs> that can be a touchy subject.
0: Oh, God, yeah. People will be switching off, mate. <laughs> but. Yeah, we've, uh, we're back again, obviously, with, uh, with, with our kind of Thanksgiving off, which we don't celebrate Thanksgiving, but thank you, America, for giving us that time off. Yeah. Um, hope everybody enjoyed themselves um, and had uh, turkey dinners and got together with friends and family and, uh, and saw Thanksgiving in the proper way. Uh, but we're back. We're here to talk about the Chiefs again every Wednesday leading up to the Super Bowl. And we're here to talk about the AFC.
2: I love the conviction. Love the conviction. <laughs> Just love the conviction. We talked a couple of weeks ago about swagger. Yours is well and truly back. Yeah, we're here to talk about the Chiefs up until the Super Bowl. <laughs> it's like, it didn't even got my swagger own. back. Yeah, like I can see you right now. For the people that don't know that we do this over a video calling app, should we say? And we record it from that. And I can see Brad. And honestly, he was deadly serious when he sat there and said, "Yeah." We're going to talk about the Chiefs until the Super Bowl. <laughs> he doesn't even care. The lack of respect that he has for the other teams now because the Chiefs have found something on defence is unbelievable.
0: <laughs> We're definitely getting our swagger back, I think, for sure. Yeah. Um, I mean, we obviously had to sit on the sidelines and watch week 12 um, and all the, the dramas that happened in the week 12 mm-hmm. and um, I mean obviously one of the big games which we'll get to in a minute obviously the Broncos uh, beating the Chargers but um, the other ones that were happening obviously we were, we were really kind of we're at this stage you know aren't we in the, in the season where everybody's kind of looking at who's available for the playoffs who's going to be able to get into the playoffs mm-hmm. um, and there's always kind of like a shock team that's hanging around that's yeah. you know that, 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 that's in amongst it all but It seems like looking at it, the whole of the entire AFC, it's like almost everybody, almost
2: everybody is either in with a chance or in the hunt. For sure. Like we're in that silly season now where you just don't support one team a week. You support like seven Um, (laughs) because like you want the Chiefs to win, of course, but then also you want the... the the Ravens to lose so you're supporting the Browns you want the the Patriots potentially to lose so this week we're going to support the Bills like it's just it's crazy because your rooting interest has just like doubled tripled quadrupled overnight because you are everything you watch you know has a knock-on effect in terms of seedings and standings but you're right the AFC is absolutely bonkers right now I'm only happy to rule three teams out of the AFC playoff race and that being the Jaguars the Texans and the Jets The Dolphins have played themselves back into the race. The Steelers are in the race still, even though Big Ben's playing terribly. The Browns, despite Baker Mayfield's injury, still in the playoff race. All four teams in the AFC West are in the hunt for the division, not necessarily just a playoff spot, the division. This this playoff race is absolutely bonkers. And we've got seven teams set in the playoff positions right now. There's no way in hell it's going to be those seven teams come in the end of this season. Yeah. There's going to be another team that plays their way into it. One of those teams is going to drop out. Like you wouldn't even sit here and now and say all four of those um division leaders in the the Ravens, the Patriots, the Titans and the Chiefs. You wouldn't say all four of them are safe. Every no. single one of them can be replaced. So, this next few weeks of the season, how many weeks we got left was it? 6 weeks we got left of the season. Yeah. It's going to be absolutely bonkers.
0: It's definitely getting down to the wire. And, and like you were saying, you know, th- this can change a lot really quickly. I mean, we've obviously seen what's happening with uh, the likes of the Titans. You know, they've suddenly started start hitting some kind of, uh, of, of blot in their kind of season mm-hmm. at the moment. Um, and, you know, injuries can do that, especially for your talisman players. Like, yeah. you know, obviously like Henry has been out injured and they've, that's Predominantly
2: their attack—that's the problem. Predominantly their offense, isn't it? Yeah, it doesn't help um, when AJ Brown and Julio Jones are also out, and, well, and they yeah, released exactly. Josh Reynolds only a few weeks ago as well. Like the Titans have been unlucky. Like a few weeks ago, they were sat in there. Um, what was it? Seven and two? Was it eight and two? Mm. And everyone was like thinking that they're going to be the clear number one seed, especially after they went into LA and knocked them off, and obviously they destroyed the Chiefs as well. And then the injury bug ha- happens, and they went into Sunday's game against the Patriots. And did anyone really give? them a chance? like uh-huh. No, because you just knew what the Patriots' defence was going to do to the Titans' offence, especially when they're lacking so many stars. So the Titans are kind of out of the race for the number one at, at the moment. Even though they're, they're basically there eight and four, they're not the team I'm looking at thinking, oh, they're the team that the Chiefs have to overtake to get the number one seed. I'm looking at the likes of the Ravens and the Patriots. They're the, like, they're the two teams yeah. at the moment that I've kind of highlighted, thinking they're the ones we need to get ahead of.
0: Yeah, especially the Patriots. The uh, I, Obviously, you know my views on the Patriots. I hate the Patriots with a passion. Um, but seeing them doing so well as well, especially with uh, a quarterback that they've got in, in Mac Jones, yeah. who, you know, he's not one of those kind of lights-out, worldly players, but he's doing a job. And he's part of the system that is... We hope we've always fabled this... This system quarterback at the Patriots, don't we? Yeah. Obviously, Tom Brady was this uh, this system quarterback. Now, wow. they've got this other system quarterback in Mac Jones. Um, and I don't like it. it. It gives me that that unfunny feels that they've got this quarterback who's just doing the basic. He's doing the, he's doing the usual thing.
2: Um, Are you trying to say that Josh Daniels makes it really easy on his quarterbacks? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny thing you say about Mac Jones, right? Because... Um, I've just seen a minute ago that he won the NFL UK Player of the Week. And really? fair enough, he won Player of the Week. Like the Patriots had a dominating victory. We all know how they got on against the Titans. But he won Player of the Week with a stat line of 310 yards and two touchdowns and a 67% completion percentage. And that's when him, I saw that like stat line, I thought that's a really like pedestrian Patrick Mahomes game. Yeah. And so I did some digging and I wanted to look at Patrick Mahomes' career averages. And Mahomes' career average, his average is 304 yards a game and two and a, half, two and a bit touchdowns. So Mahomes' <laughs> averages is basically the type of performance that Mac Jones has to put in to win player of the week of the entire <laughs> NFL. Now, I know you can take this with a pinch of salt and say, oh, these, these type of awards are a fan vote. So, of course, a Patriots player in England is going to do really well. Why the Patriots have such a huge support in England. I do not understand because you only have to look at what the New England Patriots stand for and the history behind their logo and their team. I think it's like the most anti-British thing ever. (laughs) I just don't don't understand it. But something about winning Super Bowls or something like that, I should imagine. But yeah, the the bigger point was, and I I tweeted out not to mock Mac Jones, but more to highlight that how great Patrick Mahomes has been. And you can sit here and say, Oh, Tom, you're shoehorning in another Mahomes loving section. Well, yeah, I want to. I love Patrick Mahomes. What can I care? I wanted to call my son Patrick Mahomes. I'm not Patrick Mahomes. I wanted to call him Patrick. Imagine. Patrick Mahomes' child. <laughs> Imagine if I just depoped his name and changed his surname to Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> Imagine. I did got, it on the slide I've, got, you three, I've got three kids Henry Charles, Barney Charles, and Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> <laughs> No, I wanted I wanted to call him Patrick, but Amy couldn't handle him being the second favorite Patrick in my life. So, um, yeah, like
0: I can just um, imagine that if you you just i don't worry, dear. I'll register the baby's name. You have it, you put your feet up.
2: Surname <laughs> <her> Mahomes.
1: <laughs> oh, I bet oh, it's God. been
2: done, mate. I bet it's been done. <laughs> I bet it has. Um, <laughs>
0: the um the other teams I've been looking at in the AFC that have been a bit of a surprise. Are the Bengals yeah, I love it. The Bengals are in the wild card spot as I we speak it. right now, um which i I mean, I do like to see. It. I do like the Bengals, uh, I think they've had a bit of a rough time over the years, and um you know to to have the Bengals as somebody like that in the mixing pot is is obviously great for football as well yeah. but. Yeah, like you said before, in the hunt teams, you know, there's some teams in there that again you wouldn't have actually thought it. Um, the the Dolphins, like you said before, they started the season one and seven. They're now five
2: and seven. Yeah, it's crazy. And playing really good football as well. Playing really, really good football. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely I, a dark horse at the minute. I don't know. I don't know their remaining schedule to be honest, but. You, would, you wouldn't put it past them, like racking off a few more wins the way they're playing regardless of opponents so they can play themselves into. What's the number, do you think, to get into the playoffs? How many wins do you need? Do you need 10 or do, will 9 get you in? I The way it's
0: going this year, 10, definitely. I think 9. I think so. 9, nine would be a, a, a sneaky one for, I think, for a, a couple of those teams, I think. Um, tens are definite, I think, but nine would be definitely the one that um, you know would would stand you in good stead to at least get into some kind of wildcard slot.
2: I'm not too sure. I think you're going to need ten wins yeah. to get in. You like you look at the top seven um, have all got well, outside of the Chargers have all got seven wins at the moment. So you fancy all of those teams to get three more wins over the season? Yeah, and then then it only takes one of what five teams to win four four of their last six, only want to get to 10. I I don't think nine is going to be enough. And I think the Chiefs get there comfortably. I think the Chiefs get to their 10 wins. It's just how many more wins on top of that they can add to steal the number one seed. I'm looking at the number one seed race now and I'm thinking the Chiefs need to get ahead of the Patriots. They need to get ahead of the Ravens. Currently, they're, they're one game back from the Patriots. They're... Um, one of the half games back from the Ravens. And obviously the Ravens hold the tiebreaker. The Patriots hold a tiebreaker in terms of conference record over the Chiefs. So they need to get a game out in front of them. So the Chiefs probably, if you're being realistic, to get ahead of of the Patriots and the the Ravens, they probably need to run the table, if not probably maybe drop one game. But they can't afford to drop any more than one game. And you're looking at their opponents. They've got the AFC West. Um, they've got the Broncos twice in that. They've got the the Bengals and the the Steelers. It's not the most like daunting of schedule, but I think four of them are at home and that might that might play out um, to their advantage. But I'm looking at the Patriots schedule as well and they've got the Bills twice, the Colts, the Jags and the Dolphins. So they haven't got exactly a cupcake schedule themselves outside of the, the Jags. So maybe they might be able to drop a couple. The Ravens, again, they haven't got the easiest of schedule. They've got the Steelers, the Browns, the packers the bengals the steelers and the rams so the, the ravens like they're fortunate enough to be at 8 and 3 they probably could be 5 5 and 6 to be honest so i doubt mm-hmm. that they get they, i doubt that they don't drop um just one or no games i think they'll drop a couple at least so yeah. th- 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 It's there, it's there. Th- there's definitely an avenue for the chiefs to be the number one seed and um, starting with beating the broncos this sunday i think how the
0: season started i think we'd happily Forgo the the number one seed at the moment and and just be happy to be in the playoffs. No, nah. I think that's that's the thing. Would you not agree with that?
2: I suppose yeah. If you're looking at through the eyes of us in September, late September, then yeah, because I sat on the show and with Rocky and said the way they were playing, they weren't going to make the playoffs, and obviously they yeah. turned it around. But now here we are on December first, and they're only a game a game and a half back from the the number one seed. Then I think the the goal right now should be the number one seed should be to host the AFC Championship game at Arrowhead for a fourth successive season and looking at the schedules and if they can play the way they did in the last two or three weeks, then they should be able to achieve this.
0: Yeah, I mean, the Chiefs remain a schedule. It looks as though that um, every single one of those teams that the Chiefs plays is in contention of getting into the playoffs at some yeah. point. The, yeah. there's, like, there's some that are in the hunt still and there's definitely one that's, uh, that's in the wild card at the moment, which is obviously the Bengals. But, um, you know, it's, it's, like you said, there's no cakewalks at the minute with these uh, last few remaining games. Um, and, you know, Broncos, like you said, are not going to be the ones that you're going to be able to roll over because they've already beaten, um, you know, the, the the Cowboys and the Chargers, which, yeah. you know, you would you would put your house on the fact that the Broncos were going to lose that game or those, those games and look what happened.
2: Yeah, it's a crazy NFL season. Um, it's a season where no one wants to be particularly good or every team decides they're going to be mediocre. Um, yeah. Any team can beat any team. And it's been proven in the last few weeks that no team is safe. You only have to look at the LA Rams and look how badly they're doing recently. And after making the signings and the acquisitions that they have made, everyone thought, oh, they're a shoe into the Super Bowl. And they don't look particularly great. I've, I think you can only really turn around and say that the truly great teams of the NFL at the moment are the Cardinals and the Packers. Um, outside of that, the Chiefs, are, yeah, are a good team. But let's see it a bit more on a consistent basis. Let's see the whole team firing. where the Cardinals and the Packers, you're seeing it on both sides of the football all the time now, every single week. The way the Packers dominated the Rams was just phenomenal. They were in third gear the whole time, and they always had the Rams at arm's length. They, and they, they looked like if they needed to go up a gear, they could, could quite easily put the game out of reach, and then, then drop back down into third again. And you look at the Cardinals, they're winning with Colt McCoy and without okay. Al- DeAndre Hopkins that's the sign of a good team. And I didn't think a team run by Cliff Plinsbury was capable of doing this, but they're so loaded. And the the two juggernauts of the NFL right now are certainly in the uh, NFC.
0: Right. I think we'll take a break there. When we come back, we'll be looking at the Arrowhead Pride power rankings and we'll also be looking ahead to the Chiefs matchup against the Broncos. Hi there, and welcome back to the Great British Chiefs show with your boys from the kingdom, Brad and Tom. We're going to be looking at the Arrowhead Pride Power Rankings briefly before we're moving on to the Week 13 matchup against the Broncos. So, Tom, our Arrowhead Pride Rankings Accumulator, shall we say?
2: Accumulator? You I don't know. Be That's a word, I'm just, like, you could use extraordinaire or something like that. Like, guru, guru. <laughs> Let's uh, I'm, refer- I'm going to start referring. I'm going to start referring to you as my friend now. I'm just going to refer to you as my colleague <laughs> from now on. Colleague. my colleague. Yeah. <laughs> Cheers, mate. Um, yeah, another week of rankings. Thank you to Pete for filling in for me last week whilst uh, I was having a baby. Uh, you've done a great <laughs> job. Excellent stuff. Um, yeah, I can't take credit for having the baby. Be <laughs> no. say. You went um, home at 8 o'clock, mate. I made it. <laughs> um, well, I think right. I did it. I think I did. I think I did anyway. <laughs> Where are the Chiefs this week? They're fourth. They're still fourth. Yes! Um, We're in the top five. They there. are the top-ranked AFC team. Um, despite not being top of the rankings, the Arrowhead Pride team believe that they, the Chiefs are the best team in the AFC. And I... I tend to agree with them. Performances matter. And when we're doing rankings, that's what they're, they're based on mainly. And um, the Ravens, for being the number one seed, uh, in terms of stats and whatnot, look great. But you only have to turn on the tape and watch the games and realise that they're not actually that good a football team. So yeah, they're, they're down in seventh. The Patriots are fifth and the Kansas City Chiefs are fourth. Okay, who's the biggest fallers this week? Uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, Big Ben's, he's done. He's, he's been done, done five for, years ago, mate. Yeah, you're right. He, he's been <laughs> done for years and he just doesn't want to admit it. Like no. I'm trying to liken him. Like, what can you say about like a person that just won't let things go? And I'm trying to see, think of an example here. I know. Have you seen the film up? <laughs> Where the man won't let go of his <laughs> Yes. <Yeah. house. laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, maybe that's what Big Ben's like right now. He just won't let he won't let the developers build a new house, so he's just staying put. And in the end, he decides to get some balloons and take his house elsewhere. That was a terrible, terrible, terrible analogy. But who cares? This is the great. Let's weekend. move on, shall we? No one cares. No one cares. Let's move on. Um, yeah, the Steelers they've dropped, they've dropped. I don't expect them to come back up anytime soon.
0: I, I, no, I think they're in a dire situation, and, and the Chiefs get to play them again. So,
2: which is going to be fun. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Who's the biggest risers this week? The biggest risers? Oh, the Denver Broncos. The Chiefs opponent this week. They, after a a few statement wins in the last uh, two or three weeks, um, they are, they're rising. They're rising. They're in the top 20 now. Um, If they beat the Chiefs, they could quite easily be a top 10 team. So I think this leads quite nicely to to our preview. Yeah.
0: So that's strange that they're just only just stuck into the top 20 though.
2: Yeah, they were 23rd. There was a lack of respect there. Obviously, they beat the Cowboys a few weeks ago, but then laid an egg against the Eagles the week after. So they've, yeah. they've become a bit of a yo-yo team. Same with the Raiders. They're a yo-yo team for these rankings. But coming off a good win against a division foe and a dominating win, they deserve to be where they are right now.
0: Excellent. All right, well, let's have a look at the Broncos then, because uh, well, obviously with the biggest rises there and, and obviously – this matchup has always been quite tasty um although it's been quite easy over the last what 11 times we've played them <laughs> so um but it it always had a bit of an edge obviously back before obviously 2015 um prior to that you know it was always um it was always a, a, a heavily contested um that the chiefs were were always battling it out with the broncos for mm-hmm. the afc west but um it's not been the case obviously for the last uh, Eleven straight games against the Broncos, but um, so Tom and I are going to be looking at this uh, this game with um, a bit more of um, shared respect, shall we say, for this game after the recent results from the, the Broncos.
2: I think it's a team I respect in general, the Denver Broncos. Really? Okay. Yeah, I don't like them, but I respect them. Like that, I feel like they are the only like worthy divisional foe. Like, really? at least, the, like in general, at least they do something from like, <laughs> time to time. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, they, they go through stages of being good, and they're like us. They go through stages mm. of being good. Like, obviously, we're on a, a massively consistent run of being good now. We've been good mm. for since Andy Reid came into town. But the Broncos, you always know eventually they're going to get good. And mm. you can't say the same about the Chargers. You can't certainly can't say the same about the Raiders. The Broncos <laughs> have always been a worthy opponent. And so I look at the Broncos and thinking, yeah, I quite like it when the Chiefs play the Broncos. Like I think back to that game. I think it was in 2016. I think it was Tyreek Hill's rookie year. And it was the Justin Houston versus Von Miller game in, in Denver. And it was the Doink game. And oh, yeah. that for me, that for me is one of my favourite. All time NFL games. That Sunday yeah. night football, it was an absolute classic. And there's been a few of them. the 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 last time they beat us on first night football, Red Thursday in 2015, mm-hmm. obviously the 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 famous Jamal Charles fumble. That was a hell of a game. We had some good battles with Peyton Manning. I look at the Broncos now, and I I, I see them as what we were before we took over. Do you know? What I mean? yeah. I'm not saying that they're going to take over the Chiefs. They're not. But when Peyton Manning was at in in Denver, the first couple of years, he always had the Chiefs at arm's length, and that's what I feel like the Chiefs have the Broncos at now. They're good; they're yeah. a good team, but the Chiefs have them at arm's length. Similarly to how Peyton Manning had us at arm's length, and everyone likes to go on about the 2015, the fact that we that was the last time they beat us. Yes, it was great, and it was really it's great that, that was the last time that they beat us. But let's not mention 2015 too much because what happened that year. They won the Super Bowl, <laughs> so it when did. we start talking yeah. about the Broncos, let's talk about it from 2016 onwards, shall we? <laughs> that's, that's a lot more fun.
0: <laughs> when when the demise really started, mentioning the respect that you've just mentioned there, um, the Broncos went five AFC West in a row, didn't they? And the, currently, the Chiefs are AFC West champions five seasons in a row as well, mm. going for our sixth, hopefully. Yeah. Um, so you're right. You know, the, 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 it's always been something that um, both teams have been they've been doing something in this AFC West rather than just being the uh, the, the people on the coattails, you, know, yeah. uh, you know, taking that easy ride and, and not actually doing anything during that time. The
2: Phil Rivers like,
0: type. The Phil Rivers type, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, he's Hall of Fame caliber, him, by the way. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, like, like we said, the, the, the respect is there, um, but it's nice to have that number on them, doesn't it? But sure. I just wanted to pull up a few funny kind of little stats that uh I kind of found out whilst we've been uh, we've been thumping the Broncos over these last 11 games. And uh obviously we know that the last, the last game with their won was uh 17th of September, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh 2015. Uh, and so far the Broncos have never beaten the Chiefs during the Trump or Biden presidency. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> There's been three presidents since they've actually <laughs> since, Jesus. since the last time they beat us. Yeah, so that that that's quite fun, and also the Broncos have started eleven quarterbacks since twenty fifteen. <laughs> started eleven quarterbacks. I'm just it just had me thinking though. The Chiefs, the Chiefs must have
2: started about three, four. Would you say that four? Four. Yeah, because you've got, because um, you've got Matt Moore as well. He started Matt Moore. Yeah, Matt Moore, Chad yeah. Henney, Alex Smith, and Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Actually, no, so, Nick Foles, no, Nick Foles a started a game in that time as well because in 2016 he started a game against the Colts, I believe, which Alice Smith was out. Oh, uh, right. So we've had five. Probably five, yeah. But only but, two yeah. of them, only two of them have been actually a designated starter. Like the other yeah. three have been backups. How many of those eleven quarterbacks the Broncos have started were actually their starting quarterback? You probably got like eight or nine of them. Like,
0: <laughs> yeah. well, exactly, yeah, exactly. But uh, it's it's crazy to think, you know, that the the Chiefs have been on this this long run at the moment, and and hopefully going for twelve in a row. But looking back at the games that they've seen so far this season from the Broncos, I mean, we all thought they were going to be whipping boys, didn't we? Yeah. We all thought that they they, they they needed a quarterback. They needed a start, a quarterback, which we thought that they were either going to be in for the likes of Deshaun Watson or for Aaron Rodgers or yeah. possibly even Russell Wilson, weren't we? Mm-hmm. Um, if if that all plays out, that's happening. All the rumors that are happening at the Seahawks at the moment, but um, to have them here at the moment, still in the hunt, I'm a little bit nervous about this team. I don't know about what, I, don't, I don't know about what you think,
2: mate. Yeah, I'm nervous because. They're, they're, they're fairly solid. The ro- the roster is absolutely loaded. Like oh, yeah. in terms of def- on the defensive side of the ball, in terms of offensive skill, position talent, they are loaded. They, they can punch with anyone. The problem has been, well, it's not that he's necessarily been a problem is, is the quarterback. Teddy Bridgeport has been fine, but he's mm. not an elevate team, elevate a team type quarterback. You look at his stat lines for this year, two and a half thousand yards, 15 touchdowns, five interceptions, uh, callback reign of 98. Like it's uh I hate to say it, an Alex Smith, early Alex Smith, yeah, um, type line, which is good and it's fine, it wins them games, but when they've got into some close games, they've come out a bit wanting because of it, because they've had these of these offensive performances which haven't lived up to the offensive talent they you have. You look at the receivers they've got. Courtland Sutton Tim Patrick Jerry Judy Noah tight end. there's so many good receiving options in Denver now that when you talk about those three quarterbacks the Sean Watson Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson if they yeah. do become available next next offseason they're going to look at Denver and thinking that is a place I can win despite Patrick Mahomes having those offensive weapons and having that defense on the other side of the ball they're going to look at Denver as this potential destination where they can win the Super Bowl and rightly so you got that out finally finally <laughs> Let, let's not tell let's not tell the Chiefs Kingdom how many takes that took
0: how <laughs> about <laughs> to edit that for the last 30 minutes <laughs> <laughs> Brad Simcox the man that makes Tom Childs sound good <laughs> okay then. so let's look at the past game that they had the last game against the Chargers um like we said we thought the Chargers were going to be the team that, that we're going to uh, keep the pressure on the Chiefs for the AFC West. And I, I chalked this up as a, as a Chargers win. I must admit, I did, did. actually chalk it up as that. Um, but actually watching the game, and I watched it back actually this afternoon, and there was a lot went wrong with the Chargers in that game. I mean, yes, the Broncos' defense seemed to snuff out a lot of it. And they seemed to play this this zone type of defense, this cover two yeah. zone where they can really adapt to either a running game or a passing game yeah. um, very quickly on the fly as well, which was um, it, it was something that quite surprised me. I thought, you know, putting it in in like a Chiefs perspective, I thought, you know what, we could probably slice and dice this defense pretty well. But it did concern me a bit because, yes, the Chargers have got a good running attack in Eckler, but also they've got a really good passing attack, and especially mm. the way that, that, that Herbert's been Previous to this game, yeah, um, you know Herbert is one of those uh, those star quarterbacks that you know you have to respect because his game is so good. But the receivers were dropping so much, the offensive line was holding too much as well, causing a lot of the penalty plays. And it was just—I I don't know if it's the fact that it was just the Broncos were really good in that game, or whether it was the fact that the Chargers were pretty poor in this game, to say the
2: least. I think it's a bit of both. Um, Vic Fangio's defenses are a lot of fun to watch. Yeah. There's a reason why he the reason why he has that job in Denver is because of what he did with the, the Chicago Bears defense. In, yeah. When they first signed Khalil Mack, and that defense was incredible. And uh, the Broncos' defense hasn't been as good as that, but they're still really, really good. They made life hell for Justin Herbert on on Sunday, and he certainly didn't help. Um, his team he he had a couple of decisions which were awful the two picks that he threw to patrick sertain yeah one went off eckler's hands and maybe should have been caught but it was slightly behind him and the other one was just a dumb dumb throw um from justin herbert which and sertain was just like yeah thank you very much i thank you very much i'll move on to the next one so um yeah overall i think it, i don't think it was a shocking result result um no no i, I think they're so evenly match that i wouldn't sit here and say oh the Chargers are definitely better than the broncos remember divisional opponents matter familiarity does matter and we'll see that this weekend when andy we gets to go against the, the broncos once again but even still you look at the broncos against the Chargers, and they scored 28 points but bridgewater only threw for 129 yards yes he went out for a little bit and drew lock had to come in uh right Melvin Gordon rushed for 83 yards. Their highest receiver was Williams, who got 57 yards. Like it's not like there was well beaten stats there. It's just that they were better prepared and more well-organized than the the, the Chargers were.
0: So, looking at the
2: matchup against the
0: Chiefs, do we think we're going to see similar uh, def- a similar defensive scheme from the Broncos?
2: I think they try and get after Patrick Mahomes. Bradley Chubb has already said this this week, getting after Mahomes is key. It's just how many guys do they send to get after him? Obviously, a lot of teams are sending four to uh, rush Patrick Mahomes, but the Chiefs are starting to get a little bit wise to it. They're starting to get a little bit better against that four-man rush and seven-man in coverage. So, will they blitz a little bit more? Potentially. Vic Banjo likes to blitz. He blitzed a lot when he was in Chicago, less so since he's been in Denver. But um, I don't imagine they do. I can't, I just yeah. I can't imagine a world where any defensive coordinator is going to watch what's been happening to the Chiefs offense and think, oh, you know what? I'm going to start sending five six guys after my yeah. homes. It just seems to me, it just seems like crazy. Like if it isn't broken, why fix it? And at the moment, the Chiefs offense, yes, they're getting theirs in bunches, but they're also going through long periods of games where they're not having much success at all. And that typically comes from when they are dropping seven men into coverage and playing this two deep five men under. Uh, defense.
0: Yeah, uh, I know Andy Reid was uh, was was asked recently um, in the press conference that um, are we going to be seeing Clyde edwards alaire more in the passing game? And I think this is the kind of game that you have got to look at in, in in this matchup that that you start using your running back as a receiver uh, in this kind of game to to try and open things up a little bit more. Um, I know they tried using Eckler quite a bit. Uh, the Chargers didn't in the in the previous game to uh, to try and open that up a bit and. And and get a bit of breathing room, you know, using the flats and using the slants and and mm. and and what have you, just to just to try and mix it up a little bit. But yeah. do you think Reed is actually looking at that and thinking, do you know, what we probably don't need to do that, especially with the uh, you know the likes of the, the fact we've got Kelsey there, um, you know, Tyreek Hill and and probably Gordon, who's going to be one of those big players that um, I, I I hope we see a bit more from Gordon in this game. Yes, use the run game as much as we can with Edwards Eller, but not heavily rely on it.
2: See, the Broncos have struggled against the run a little bit of, of late and um, teams seem to be gashing them on the run. So why not just use Clyde edwards um up the middle? Like, if Just you, smash through the middle, just, yeah. Just smash through. Like, We've got such a good interior offensive line. Why not use them? And if you want to leak him out every now and then for catching passes, then do it. The, I think the, the, the key for the Chiefs offensively this week is variety. And it mm. has to be all sorts of shots. It can be running up the middle. It can be screen plays. It can be passes out the uh, backfield into the into the flats. It can be Kelsey in the middle. It can be Tyree Hill mm. deep. Just I think this week we're going to see like the whole repertoire of the Chiefs' offense. Because mm. they've had the week off as well. And we know how good Andy Reid is after the bye. Everyone yeah. talks about it. It will be mentioned on the broadcast a million and one times Andy Reid off the bye. We know what happened. And so I think we're now in a situation where the Chiefs know that what teams are going to do against them. They've had time to study it. So the best way to attack that is to mix it up. And get the team yeah. guessing every now and then show a heavy formation, but pass out of it. Like just do some crazy stuff every now and then. And I think using Clyde edwards using his full um, array of talents, is probably the best way to go.
0: Not crazy stuff like having Kelsey in the, as a wildcat. No, oh, I
2: love that. <laughs> I'm okay with that. I'm okay. You're with okay that. with when that. They keep it simple. When they keep it simple, where they just say, right, Travis Kelsey run behind the offensive line like they did against <laughs> the Cowboys. I'm absolutely fine with that. It's when they try getting like Travis Kelsey to make decisions and throw passes and all sorts of like that. That's moving parts. And, is, yeah. yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> a lot of moving parts with flicks and runs and, you know, a bit of Shazam, you know. all that kind of. Yeah. No, and I agree with you on that. Um, <laughs> yeah, have some trick plays in there, but keep it simple. Just keep it simple. All right then, mate. Um, wants to watch in this game. Um, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Melvin Gordon, I think, for the Broncos because he he was quite effective against the Chargers. He is is the way he was juking through that middle and, and picking out the holes.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I think Melvin Gordon, um, I mean, it, you know, his his yards per attempt this year at the moment is four point five, which um, you know, is not to be sniffed at, not to be laughed at. Is that, right. that that's a pretty darn good stat. And um, we know the Chiefs have always had that issue with the run game at the beginning of the season. Um, but it does look like they've, they've, they've addressed that issue, but I still think a player like Melvin Gordon is, is one of those players who will help the Broncos run this clock down a lot more and and run the game a lot more.
2: Yeah, see, play. I like Javante I like Williams. I think he's really in the Williams game. look good. Yeah, yeah I, I am. Yeah, I, um, if, if I'm Denver, I made Javante Williams the, the lead back. The, the, he's elusive, the, uh, isn't he? All-downer. Yeah, he's just, he can catch the ball, he can run the ball. I just think he's a lot more entertaining than Melvin Gordon ever was. And, You'd
0: have um, a lot of fun it. if you were an offensive coordinator. With him, yeah, yeah, it?
2: for sure. For sure. My one to watch for the Broncos is the entire offensive line. Um, <laughs> <they> attended, <laughs> Not just they, going one player. <laughs> they, they, um, they finished the game against the Chargers with four backups in and if they have got, say, three backups in, then you just, like, the way this Chiefs offensive line is playing at the moment, you can just imagine, like, Steve Spagnuolo having the best time <laughs> you, you, just, just, you can he's gonna he's just gonna have one of those days where it's just all gonna be fire remember they're coming off such a hot performance against the Cowboys as well where they were dominant and I expect that to roll through to Sunday I, I don't expect Teddy Bridgewater to have a fun time whatsoever and maybe the counter for the Broncos is to get Gordon and Williams involved early on in the passing game but I just think the Chiefs defense is trending so far upwards at the moment mm. that they it has got to continue. It just, they can't play as well as they have been for three or four weeks. And then revert to the mean that there was September. Like September has to be a smokescreen. That can't be the Chiefs defense. It just can't be. This Chiefs defense is now healthy. And I think the true version of this defense has to be November's version. If it's not November's version, this team doesn't stand a chance of winning the Super Bowl. If the Chiefs want to win the Super Bowl, they need that version from here on out. And let's see it this week against some backups on the offensive line for the Broncos.
0: It's no surprise that the the Chiefs' defence has improved ever since Melvin Ingram turned up.
2: Yeah, they very true.
0: It's, it really is. I mean, you know, you see an absolute difference in class, I think, from the September Chiefs' defence to now... Um, I, I just think Ingram has been that missing piece. And it, it's strange, you know, to think that one player can do that, but it really has. The pressure has been brilliant on the quarterbacks and it's helped with the, the you know, the, the teams, in, uh, the players in coverage as well, hasn't
2: it? Yeah, I think so, I, I think it's more so, uh, not just Melvin Ingram, I think there's a couple of things, like finally moving away from Mike Hughes at corner, realising that Fenton's a better player. Mm. Um, you see a lesser Dan Sorensen now than we ever have done. Chris Jones is healthy. That's a big deal. Frank Clark is healthy. That's a big deal. I just feel like Melvin Ingram was a part of the puzzle, but they seem the like right they found all the pieces of the puzzle at the exact same time. So <laughs> like, they right. had these five pieces that were missing, and Steve Spagnon went, oh, they're here. They're under this mat. <laughs> and finished the puzzle, and that's what the Chiefs defense is right now. Like he's lost his car keys. Yeah, basically, yeah. <laughs> I'll my car keys again. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I swear they were.
0: <laughs> All right, then. Um, for the Chiefs wants to watch, I've gone with Clyde Edwards-Alaire because um, he seems to be on everybody's lips at the moment. Um, the media seem to want to know whether he's going to be in the uh, the receiving game. Um, and I think at some point, the Chiefs will unleash Clyde Edwards-Alaire in the receiving game a lot more. Um, we saw it before when... Uh, and uh Williams was uh, was quite effective, wasn't he? Um in, in in the game prior to that one. I think that I think the Chiefs have got it in them and I think the Chiefs are wanting to use that, but I don't think we quite see it just yet. I think we see it probably more in the playoffs where we'll see Edwards Allaire being um unleashed in the Yeah, we said that now. last year, though,
2: didn't we? <laughs> Well, and yeah, he, exactly. Yeah. Ended up getting <laughs> injured, but I remember sitting there, people were going, um, oh, yeah, we're going to see the true Edward O'Leary in the playoffs. Honestly, this offense is coming, it's coming, it's coming. It never happened. And it didn't. Uh, <laughs> it never <laughs> happened. Um, my one to watch is Chris Jones. Um, I'm ready for Chris Jones now to make a run at the Offensive Player of the Year because yeah. there's no standouts at the moment. There isn't. Like, TJ Watt was a standout early on, but he's kind of come off the ball a little bit. The, the Steelers' defence is nowhere near as good as it was six, seven weeks ago. Yeah. Um, so I'm sitting there thinking, Chris Jones, you could win me some money. Like, you know,
0: I was going to say you've got to bet on him, haven't you?
2: <laughs> if, you win, if he wins Defensive Player of the Year, two and a half grand coming my way. So, wow.
0: um, I hope you do it, mate. I hope yeah, you get so, it.
2: But the, he's only going to win it if narratives start to be built. And they can be built on platforms. So let's start campaigns right now. Let's start a campaign for Chris Jones to be Defensive Player of the Year. And he needs to back that up for us. He had a stupidly good game against the Cowboys. He was phenomenal. Let's back it up with another primetime game showing. Let's show up on Sunday Night Football. Let's get everyone talking about Chris Jones dominating the Bronco's offensive line and dominating Teddy Bridgewater. Let's see that. And then the conversations will start to happen next Monday on Tuesday. And then we'll bring it up next Tuesday and Wednesday. And all of a sudden, oh, all this hype for Chris Jones winning defensive player of the year. And then guess what? Two months time. I'm a bit richer than I was.
0: Yesterday. And Zachary gets a new cot.
2: <laughs> <laughs> gets a new
0: cot, bless him. <laughs> all right, then Predictions. Uh, I've gone for the Chiefs 28, Broncos 10 in
2: this oh, game. I really want to pick a blowout. But you? I do want to pick a blowout, but the Chiefs really struggled with the Broncos last year. They did. They've only won 22 16, and Harrison Butker had to kick five field goals for the Chiefs to win. And there was a nail buyer in the end. I think the defense had a nail buyer, to, yeah. And it was a nail buyer that no one was expecting. And I think part of it was how good Vic Vangio's defenses are. Yeah. I, I'm going to pick a blowout. Right. I'm just going to do it. I'm <laughs> going to do, do it. it. I'm going to do it. Because I'm, I'm putting faith in the Chiefs defense being legit and Andy Reid off the bye. This is what no. I, I reckon I, I am putting money on the fact that the Chiefs offense is going to come out the bye all firing, all singing, all dancing because they've had that time to reset, evaluate a few things and go again. So I think the Chiefs are going to win 38-13. 38-13. Uh, yeah, I do. Um, I don't know why. Uh, I feel stupid already for picking that. But saying that, I am leading the Arrowhead Pride season predictions. So, you know, oh, yeah. I'm doing something <laughs> <right>. <laughs> I
0: don't know how you've done that because every time the predictions you put on this show, you haven't got you've got them right.
2: Hey, 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 I back no 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 no. I I I have you know I lay in my bed. <laughs> the prediction I make on this show is the one I take to the prediction article on Saturday all a couple right, of okay. times a couple of times I've wanted to change it believe me I've really wanted to change <laughs> it but I haven't I've thought i got it on record people who listen to the show know what I've said I can't then go and change it three days later so I've backed it up now I've said it it's my prediction all manner of things could happen in the next few days but I'm still not changing my prediction so are going to win thirty-eight thirteen. Thirty-eight
0: thirteen. 13 you heard it here first
2: <laughs> right
0: that's all we've got time for this week if you've enjoyed the show, please feel free to leave us a rating and review. Tom and I are obviously here every Wednesday. And remember, you can also listen to more Chiefs-related content here on the Arrowhead Pride podcast network. But all that's left to say here is, from one kingdom to another, we'll speak to you again soon. Yeah, familiar?
2: Familiar? Familiar, familiar How do you say
1: familiarity (laughs) (laughs) what a bummer